welcome back to the garden. Hi, I'm Naya. Today, in my season one introductions, I want to talk about Naya the mother, my Empress energy. The Empress tarot card in my um, deck, she looks like a mom. She is pregnant and her belly is Mother Earth. So, I feel like that's a fitting thing to dis- talk about is Naya the mother and what that's like in my journey in motherhood. So before I talk about being a mother, I think I should talk about me getting to motherhood and what that was like. So as a kid, I didn't want kids. I didn't want kids, I think, because I was bullied as a kid and I just associated, I just had a negative association with children. Um, There are times, a lot of times, I rarely hung out with people my age until I got a little bit older, but in my really young years, I didn't like kids. I would go across the street and hang out with um, the older ladies, but, and that's where I felt comfortable, that's where I felt fine. So I grow up and I end up in a relationship and she has children. And again, at this point, I'm still feeling like I don't want children, but I love her children. And I say that in the present tense because I love her children. I love them. I love them. I love them. I love them. And it woke up my maternal instincts. It woke up that part of me that wanted children. However, I have PCOS, also known as polycystic ovarian syndrome. And by the time I really got this feeling that I wanted children, I was over 30. um, And I was struggling just to have a menstrual cycle. So she and I end up splitting up and I'm just like forget it I can't seem to make a relationship work I've lost my family I'm just gonna have a family of my own so I begin the what was an arduous journey into trying to figure out how I could have a baby and have it on my own looking back now that I'm currently a single mother I may have low-key manifested being a single mom I'm working on (laughs) fixing that. I didn't really know. I didn't know. Um, But I went and saw a hormone specialist and um, I had hormone therapy. Um, I had surgeries. And ultimately what the consensus was is that I could carry a baby, but I could not get pregnant naturally and artificial insemination was probably not going to work either that I would have to be um I would have to go through in vitro so there are moments I had given up and then there were moments where I felt like maybe it'll happen and it's just not the right time I wasn't 100% sure again excuse me a divine timing is a big theme in my life And I didn't realize the divine timing until later. 
So I did, you know, I had tried to get pregnant. It didn't work. When I met my current ex, but, you know, my boyfriend at the time, I remember telling him that I can't get pregnant naturally. And that if we stayed together and ended up in a relationship and wanted to have children, we would probably have to do in vitro fertilization. And if he was to ever get me pregnant, clearly he's a mutant. So we met in May. Um, I think I moved in with him late July. And by September, I was pregnant with my firstborn. <laughs> it was so funny because I remember, I think one of the, before nausea, heartburn was the first pregnancy symptom that I developed. And I remember that night I made jambalaya and I got heartburn, but I've never had heartburn before. And I was just like, oh my God, what is this? I'm sick. I'm dying. Something's happening. You got to take me to the hospital. And he's like, what's wrong with you? My chest is on fire. I don't know what's happening. Oh, you got heartburn. What do you mean I have heartburn? You have heartburn. I don't get heartburn. I eat spicy food all the time. So I didn't know. And then the nausea started to come. And at the time, even though I was disheartened by not being able to get pregnant, I was still actively tracking my basal temperature. And if you ask me then why, I don't know, because I was really in the mind that I clearly can't get pregnant. So, but I was still tracking it and realizing more and more that my temperature was high and was not dropping, but my cycle was due at the end of the week. And I said, you know, I'm not, I'm not thinking anything because clearly what it normally does is it, the day of is when it drops. So I was just like, you know, it's whatever. So I'm at lunch at work and we're talking and I talk about heartburn and how I can't put any hot sauce on my food right this minute. And my friend at the time told me, you know, she didn't say anything, but she told me later she knew then I was pregnant, but didn't want me to get my hopes up just in case she was wrong. But she knew the moment I said I had heartburn and she had watched me practically drink hot sauce from the bottle that clearly I was pregnant. So, but I didn't know. And I'm sitting there and it's like, all right, bet. I don't know what's happening. So that weekend I was scheduled to volunteer at one of our local events and that was still my plan. But I was like nauseous, whatever. And I had actually told her and another friend that my temperature was high, but I didn't know what's going on. And my other friend was like, have you taken a pregnancy test? No, because it's probably not what it is. My period's probably just coming and I just got this new weird PMS system. Okay, so, but when are you taking a test? And I'm like, I'm not taking one. So I was like, if I take one, it's not going to be until the day of if it doesn't show up. So that Saturday, which was when my period was supposed to show up, it did. And he's like, are you going to take this test? And I'm like, no. Why? I mean, it's just the first day. It could come on tonight, blah, blah, blah. I'll take it Monday. If it's not here by Monday, I'll take it Monday. And, you know, she fussed at me a little bit because she wanted to know. And I'm just like, I don't know why you're so excited because I'm not. So the next day was the day I was supposed to volunteer. And I woke up feeling like hot trash. Oh, I was so nauseous. Oh, my gosh. I was so sick to my stomach. But being the person that I am, I don't know how to quote unquote call in sick. 
I had already said I was going to volunteer. And so I, you know, muscled up, got dressed. But I decided to go ahead and take a test. I don't know why I decided at that moment. I guess it was an intuitive nudge. Take the test now. I'm like, okay. I take the test. And when I first look at it, I was like, see, I'm not pregnant. I'm just sick. Um, and I throw it in the trash. So I get ready to leave the bathroom and I pause. And I go back and I look at the instructions. And the instructions, instead of being a plus sign, it's two lines. So I pick up the test again and look at it. And though it was faint, it was two lines. And I'm going to proactively apologize now if I get really emotional. Because it's, yeah. So I am like, oh my God, I'm pregnant. And I sit there and I look at it. And my dumb self says, I gotta go. But I take a picture of it, I send it to my friends, and I leave to go volunteer. Again, I feel like hot trash, and I found out I'm pregnant with my first baby. Please don't ask me why I went to go volunteer. I don't know. This is just, I'm working on these behaviors in my life now. (laughs) But I go, and I pull up, and as I'm driving, she's messaging me, is this yours? And I'm like, yes. And she's like, oh my God. And what did he say? I haven't told him. What is wrong with you? Why haven't you told him? And I'm just like, I don't know. I have to go volunteer. How do you feel? Horrible. Why are you volunteering? Because I said I'd come. You know, this uh, need to, this loyalty like, often is misplaced if, um, or used to be. So I'm sitting there and I'm sitting in the car and I'm realizing more and more physically I cannot do this. I can barely walk. So I find a place to park. I walk and I tell them, I am so sorry. I can't do this. I just found out I'm pregnant and clearly this means I have morning sickness and I feel like I'm dying. And the lady's like, oh my God, why are you here? We have plenty of volunteers. Please go home and congratulations. So I drive home. And by this time, my boyfriend's awake, and I sit on the bed, and this, you know, I had already told him I can't get pregnant. So here I am pregnant, and I don't want him to feel like I lied. I don't know what happened, other than, like I said initially, he's got their mute. So I sit on the bed, and I'm like, hey. He's like, what's up? And I'm like, uh, so... I got something to tell you. And he's like, okay. And I say, so my period's not on. He's like, okay. And I'm like, it's not coming either. And he looks at me, so is you pregnant? Uh, yeah, I'm pregnant. He's like, you lying. <laughs> so I go to the bathroom and get the pregnancy test. Whose test is this? Bruh, am I walking around with people's pee-pee sticks? This is mine. And so he's like, Okay, so, you know, when you make an appointment, well, he took it all in stride. He really did. I'm freaking out that he's going to freak out, and he was just like, okay, well, you need to make an appointment, blah, 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 because he had kids, so he kind of knew what the drill was, and I'm just like, I don't know what's happening. So, um, I'm like, I got to tell my parents, and so I get ready to, you know, I was like, it was my, um, the weekend of my dad's birthday. Oh, 
I just, that just hit me. My grandfather, his father, died on his birthday. And it literally just hit me. That was when I found that I was pregnant with my firstborn. So, anywho, um, I go and get a birthday card. I get a grandpa birthday card. Now, you probably see these videos of all these parents having these like really extreme reactions to things like this. This is not what happened. This is not the story I'm getting ready to tell you. <laughs> that is not what happened. I wanted that to be what happened, but that's not the case. Like I gave him the card, gave him the card, and it kind of whew, went past him. My dad is a super intelligent individual. The fact that it went past him just really just like I think he took it as me calling him old. And so I was like, no, I'm pregnant. And so you know, they kind of look at me and then they ask me how I'm feeling, but that big hoopla, you know, wasn't there. And I had to do some shadow work on that because I realized the later I felt a way about that. But yeah, I tell them I'm pregnant and, you know, the next day I called, made a doctor's appointment. My first pregnancy, <laughs> I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what to expect or anything. Um, I actually showed a bit a little early. So my managers knew, my coworkers knew. I didn't quite announce it to anyone else other than like my friend that knew. But um, I <laughs> I remember my hormones and my emotions being real outlandish and popping off at work. <laughs> Which was so out of my character. It's even still out of my character now. I just don't pop off like that. And I'm sitting there and one of my coworkers, I'm sitting at a desk and my manager is sitting with me and she and I are working on the escalation. So I'm working on the escalation and I had already told my team that if you ping me and it says I'm busy, guess what? I'm actually busy. And then the person that pinged me, if they were standing up, they could see my desk. So they could see me and the manager sitting there. So they sent me a message and I finished up with my manager and another team lead um, came to my desk because I was a team lead at the time. So she comes to my desk and I'm like, cool. And I said, let me check this message. So she's sitting there. I look at the message. And first off, I'm real particular. If you go message me, you're first going to say hello. Good morning. Good day. How are you? Do you have a moment? No. The person sent me a question and then followed the question up with, hello. Before I could stop myself, I'm at my desk. Who the fuck does he think he talking to? And went off. And my friend grabbed my arm. Come on. You got to come off the floor. You can't. Mm -mm. Let's go. And I'm like, no, no. I know he's seen. I'm just losing it. Losing it. No control. It was like me outside of myself. Like, who is this woman? losing her mind so she gets me calm I go back to my desk you know and I respond but I will say that he did not speak to me <laughs> quite directly the rest of the day even though I wasn't looking at him I'm confident he knew this was directed at him um <laughs> and I guess the my Aries moon you know the moon is 
the divine feminine. It's your mother, but it's also mother, you. And my Aries moon was ready, ready to show out during my pregnancy. So I'm, you know, enjoying being pregnant and even with all the sickness and the hormones and the crazy, I was just so excited. And, you know, writing names and all this good stuff. And I found out that it was a boy early because um, of my age. They have to do genetic testing. So um, found out very early in my pregnancy that I was having a son. And I was just like so, so excited. And I remember my boyfriend at the time, he was like, I have a name. And um, he he said it won't go away, which was odd. Um, So I was like, well, what's the name? And he's like, Gabriel Alexander. And I was like, yo, that is fire. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I am Hebrew. So having a Hebrew name was important to me. So the fact that he chose Gabriel, you know, and I don't think he and I had actually had that discussion at that time yet. And if we did, we only had it once. And I didn't know if he was going to, you know, how he was going to do with that information. And so I was like, yep, yeah, that's his name. And I had, from that moment, it was Gabriel Alexander, the archangel and the king. And I was about 19 weeks pregnant at work. And I was like, why does it feel like the baby's sitting in my crotch? You know, I talked to people like, well, maybe it's your seat, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, I'm newly pregnant. I don't know. I just knew it felt like the baby felt really, really low. So I know I had an appointment coming up. So at my appointment, I, you know, tell the doctor how I'm feeling. She's like, well, it's too small for you to feel that way. You know, nothing to worry about. Okay. So that was on a Tuesday. It's Saturday. My friend and I were actually pregnant at the same time. So we were at um, a baby event at Babies R Us when it was still open. And I'm like in pain. I had been in pain all morning. Just waves of pain hitting me. I didn't realize at the time I was having contractions. I just knew I was in pain. And, you know, she's like, well, maybe you need to sit down. Are you going to be able to drive home? I'm not even sure how I drove home. I was in so much pain. And it just kept coming and coming. He wasn't home at the time. And I, you know, let him know I was in pain. And as the night wore on, I was like, let me just count. So I pulled out my stopwatch and I timed it. And they were four minutes apart. And I woke him up. I said, something's wrong. These are real contractions. They're four minutes apart. He's like, what do you mean? I've been in pain and they're hitting me in waves at four minute intervals. So we get up, we go to the hospital where I'm supposed to have the baby. And they essentially, you know, shoot me off. It's just a bladder infection. By this time it's Sunday morning. Most places are closed until at least 12. And they're like, you know, we'll put in a prescription for an antibiotic and you'll be fine. I go home, pain is still coming, and then there was blood. 
And I'm like, something is wrong. We have to go back. When I went the first time, they never checked me. And they told me they couldn't find that I was having contractions when they put the monitor on me. When I go back the second time, different group, different nurse, and she says, oh, they didn't find your fundus. What? So she moves the monitor around. There it is. By then, it's two minutes apart. She said, you're having contractions two minutes apart. And I'm at this point, I'm trying not to freak out. Because I already know that's not good. I'm only five months pregnant. I can't be having contractions two minutes apart. So she checks me. And by then, I was already four centimeters dilated. And there was nothing they could do. If I had been three centimeters, they could have put a stitch in. And I would have been on bed rest, but they could have, you know, kept me from going into labor. But at four centimeters, it was too late. They couldn't put a stitch in. So they gave me some medicine to try to slow the contractions down. And as long as I stayed on the medicine, I was not having it. But they had to transport me to another hospital just in case. In the transport, my needle for the IV gets bent. So I'm not getting any medicine. So it takes a while for them to get me upstairs. And when they get me upstairs, nobody can get my IV in. So I'm not getting any medicine. And here come the contractions. It was <clears throat> NFL playoff weekend. And if you know anything about how the conference finals happened, we saw both games before somebody got my IV back in. And by then it was too late. I hit 10 centimeters. I gave birth to Gabriel on January 19th, 2015. He was one pound, 12 ounces, and he was breathing. And they would not put him in the NICU. So I had him at 1.19 in the morning. And he was with us for 30 minutes. He managed to smile. And then he was gone. And I didn't understand why God kept sending me children in my life that couldn't stay. I stayed in the hospital that night, but I made them send me home the next morning. Because I didn't want to sit there and listen to all those babies. I asked the doctor, would I get milk? And she said, no, you had the baby too soon. You're not going to make milk. That was also wrong. My milk came in the next day. I remember waking up feeling like there were boulders on my chest. I do also remember feeling like that I had the chest of a porn star and I was quite enjoying the fact that I didn't need a bra. But <laughs> needless to say, I got milk. Had I known, I would have probably tried to get a pump and pump so that I could donate the milk. Because that, that would have been something I wanted to do. But, you know, I, I was so devastated. But... Gabriel was intent that I was not going to stay sad long. 
at least that's what he tried to do. Um, I remember my ex telling me at the time, he was, well, you know, he was my boyfriend at the time. He said, you're going to have another baby by the end of the year. What? <laughs> what did you say? Yeah, and he was, you know, he was hanging his friends. He was intoxicated. I didn't believe him. I just felt like it was the liquor talking. I ain't gonna have no baby by the end of the year. You're still grieving. I'm still grieving. We're not gonna have a baby by the end of the year. Um, my friend at the time, she said, "You're gonna be pregnant before I give birth to my son." Both of our sons were due close together. I was due late May. She was due early June. She's like, you're going to have a baby. You're going to be pregnant again before I give birth to him. I'm like, okay. So I'm thinking clearly they're both crazy. Um, so March comes, late February comes along, early March. And I put my hand on my belly one morning as I'm waking up. And it feels round. And I freak out. If anyone who has ever been pregnant before knows, that's one of those things. If you're laying on your side and you wake up in the morning, that lower belly pooch is real round. <clears throat> when you're pregnant, even early on, even when you're not really showing. And I, because it was so close, popped really fast. So I was like, what the? Every symptom, I was very much aware when Gabriel passed away, I was no longer pregnant. So when I got pregnant again with my next um, son, I was like, oh, I'm pregnant. I, like, I knew it immediately that I was pregnant. But I was like, how am I pregnant? So I was, I was pregnant. And this time around, I knew that, uh, I learned that what had happened is I had an incompetent cervix. And so they have to do a stitch to keep me from dilating early and thus triggering labor. So I also changed doctors. Um, I went to a new doctor and then I had a high risk doctor. So I had two doctors taking care of me. Two beautiful women, I love them to pieces, and I ended up being able to, I had a stitch put in. Um, if you don't know anything about a surplage, that procedure, the, the mother is awake during that procedure. Now, I have a freak out about, I, I wasn't someone who had had a lot of surgeries. Like this is probably, this is this, uh, only the third one. I had my um, ovary surgery. I ended up having my gallbladder removed. Actually, the year I met my um, his father, I had my gallbladder removed. So this was only the next thing I've ever had done, and I had to do it awake. So I'm like low-key, like freaking out. I'm trying to calm down, but I am freaked out about having to do this awake. I'm trying to make sure I'm actually sleepy just so I can accidentally go to sleep. But I get the stitch in, um, they take it out um, at about 33, 34 weeks or something like that. Like you're, you're pretty much full term when they take it out. So they took the stitch out, um, even, and when they took the stitch out, I was two centimeters when she took it out. So 
And that happens in their office. So there's no numbing, no nothing when they take this thing out. It was so painful, that procedure. Um, so getting it in was freaky and getting it out was painful. But I carried my baby to term. He, they said he was due December 14th. I kept saying that it's not his due date. He's due sooner than that. Because um, I've, I've been pregnant longer than that. I've been, I don't care what anybody says. I have been pregnant longer than that. He is due before the 14th. And I kept feeling like he was going to come Thanksgiving. And I was kind of hoping that was the case. Because what I, <laughs> growing up as an Israelite, some would say a black Jew, I celebrate Hanukkah, which means my child would celebrate Hanukkah. My um, boyfriend was not, which means he would also celebrate Christmas. What I didn't want is Christmas, Hanukkah, and his birthday all in the same month. I was really trying to avoid that. So Thanksgiving, I'm thinking I'm going to have him. Nah. 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 Not coming Thanksgiving. He came the next week on December 1st. Um, And just then I heard him saying, my birthday is December 1st in his head. So have him and he's healthy. He came out of me with his eyes open. Um, a backyard party was playing and yeah, I was just in awe. I had this baby. He was real light-skinned. Like, if you look at my post uh, picture, I am not. And neither his, his father is lighter than me. Maybe like a shade or two lighter than me. Um, he's definitely like not dark skin. Um, but um, my son came out looking like I had Michael Ely's baby. That's the best way. He was light. He had gray eyes and curly hair. I said, oh, Lord, somebody that gave me Michael Ely's baby, what is happening? So, but he was such a happy little baby. And I nursed him. And, yeah. So, that was the birth of my second born and everything seemed to be like life was normal um I did have postpartum depression but that will be a discussion on another show but um he was talking developing normally and then he went silent and then he started having meltdowns and I didn't know what was wrong. And then I find out I'm pregnant again. So I'm pregnant again. I found out one Thanksgiving 2016 that I was pregnant again. And a week or so later on his birthday, I found out my son might be autistic. And so now I am dealing with the fact that I have postpartum depression I never got help for. A son who's autistic and has developed a speech delay and sensory processing disorder, and I'm pregnant again. So that pregnancy had a lot. There was a lot. There was just a lot that pregnancy. My blood pressure was really out of control. They had to put me on beta blockers because my blood pressure was really just out of control. I probably should have taken leave from work much sooner just to eliminate one area of stress because I was 
severely stressed out anxiety on a thousand. I ended up in the hospital at least twice before I had my son solely because of blood pressure. And I'm confident he came early because of it. I never developed, um, what is it, preeclampsia, the um, condition with the blood pressure and the protein. I never developed that. My blood pressure was high, but I never developed that. And I think he came when he did to ensure that I did not. Um, And he, it was funny because I was the same, I was six centimeters dilated when I got to the hospital with Jaheen. And I was six centimeters dilated when I got to the hospital with Jelani. The difference is Jelani didn't care how many centimeters I was dilated. He's trying to come now. So I was in pain that I had not experienced. I was not intending to have a natural childbirth, but because he was insistent, it expedited my labor. So um, I just remember feeling like the nurse was going to end up delivering my baby. And he's actually the only one where my water broke. Both Jaheem and Gabriel, they had to break my water. Um, even though I was 10 centimeters. Jelani was like, no, water break, bow, it's here. Um, so I have him and so my little Leo and the fact that he tried to come the way he did just shows how much of a Leo he is. Um, him being a Virgo rising, he's not displaying that yet. A little bit, but because he doesn't like to be dirty sometimes. But that that Leo son, yeah, he's a Leo son. And my first rainbow baby is um, a Leo rising. And he's a Sagittarius son. There's a lot of fire in my children. It's a whole lot of fire in my kids. Um, and it's, so I'm now still a fairly new mother with a new baby and a child on the spectrum and I'm trying to navigate that and to to this day I'm still trying to navigate what that looks like and still trying to figure out this balance and how I care for them how I help facilitate their development and I realized only in the last year that part of being able to facilitate their healthy growth is that their mom has to be healthy and she has to be whole and she has to be happy. I just felt like my me was lost. I was new mother. I was, you know, project leader, a job. I was new wife. I didn't know where I was in all of that. I didn't know. I had all these other things I was responsible for and I was being irresponsible to myself. So now, as I'm growing and learning to be a mom, trying to figure out how to navigate all the things of mommyhood, I got two little ones to try to potty train. Anybody want a little voice message for help with that and tips? Great. Um, Navigating all of his therapies for Jaheem. So he has therapy four days out of the week. So Tuesday through Friday, he is in therapy. And I work Monday through Friday. Monday is my only work day where I am not also running for him to support him. 
and it's a lot it's a lot but when I stand in the presence of my Empress energy I know it is so worth it and I know that what I am growing and cultivating in the life of my sons is so beautiful when my son comes in my altar room and sits beside me and he says ready here we go I am beautiful yay that means so much to me so much when his brother randomly says I am protected yes you are baby yes you are that means so much to me and part of my spiritual journey is understanding them on deeper levels and understanding what works in everyone else's house doesn't have to work in mine my son has a sensory processing disorder him and food have an interesting relationship some days i can cook i love to cook i would love to cook some home cooked meals every night my son ain't gonna eat all the time not like that i have tried to make him chicken nuggets and chicken tenders home from scratch and he is not here for it where is the yellow star from harvey's because they're currently not loving McDonald's right now. So it's now Hardee's. We need chicken tenders from Hardee's. And they want french fries. And even though the one, my youngest, he does eat solid vegetables, my older one does not. I have to give him veggie pouches. He'll eat fruit solid, no problem. It's the vegetables. I have to do what I have to do for my household. I can't do what I have to do for someone else's I'm trying to navigate how to get them a play date because I am still fearful of him being misunderstood and trying to navigate, okay, with everything with COVID, do I go ahead and send him back to school the next school term instead of distance learning? And his brother, do I go ahead and put him someplace so he can learn to play with kids other than his brother? And be ready for pre-K. Like, it's just a lot. It's so much. And I have to allow myself to have grace. And to nurture myself. And know some days I am overwhelmed and I need help. Some days I just need another adult in here to just... I just need a break. So, like, this weekend right now, I'm able to do this because they're with their dad right now. And... I can take advantage of these opportunities of quiet, of solace, of solitude. I give gratitude for spirit nudging me to like not be so hard and not feel like I should be upset about things because another parent would when I honestly don't care. <laughs> like that's just the honest truth. Like I honestly don't care. I just want them to be kids. I want them to be happy, healthy, developing children and their inner child not to be wounded and limited in the ways that other kids are. I just want them to know that they're awesome. I don't let people say certain things about them. You can't talk about my children negatively. You can't put negative connotations on my children. That's just not what we're going to do. That is my boundary. That's my boundary. 
And even though I don't always enforce my boundaries on myself when it comes to them, there are no limiting beliefs on my children. Even when they're doing things I don't want them to do, I don't frame it in a way like you can't do that. I just want you to chill out. Like, can you just like not jump off the dresser onto your bed? Can you not? Can you not do that? Thanks, I appreciate it. I don't want to say you shouldn't do that because you're going to get hurt. Because they might not be. They might and they might not be. I don't want them to have a fear, though, that there's this limit to them. So I'm just learning how to balance that. And, you know, they're young and I'm still going through all of the many nuances of what being a mother is. But for all of the parents, mothers out there, especially those with children with special needs, Find your village. I'm still creating mine. But find your village. Because sometimes you do need someone to lean on. And that's okay. It's okay to allow yourself to be vulnerable. To have that moment where you need to cry. To um, make space for you to feel what you need to feel. Because we cannot do it on our own. I may wear Wonder Woman's attire, and I am a whole goddess, but sometimes I'm just me. I'm just Nyan. And sometimes I just need help. And that's okay. It doesn't make me less than. It doesn't make me weak. Being able to stand in the face of your vulnerability is a power. And make sure you leverage that, because that is where you find all of your support, both in the material and in the spiritual. I thank you so much for listening to me and my mother and my Empress energy. I can't wait to hear your messages or um, get your DMs on my Instagram on your own journey, any questions you have and how you enjoyed this story. So thank you again for visiting my podcast. I hope that you will share it with some friends and y'all have a beautiful blessed day. Grow with Naya will be a weekly podcast where I discuss not only my spiritual life, but also my regular everyday life as well. I will also share what else I'm growing in my garden, including any new poetry, courses, events, and interviews with inspiring souls. My intention is for this to be a place of growth and community. Be sure to leave me a voice message. Find me on social media at Naya Shalom. Gratitude in advance for you subscribing, liking, rating, sharing, and commenting on any podcast app. Thank you.